630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Every empire needs a leader to encourage, energize, and elevate them. We are Eskimos Empire, and this is the Eskimos Coaches Show with our leader, Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Here's Morley Scott with Jason Moss on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. The clock has hit zero. Is it possible? Is it possible to lose two weeks in a row in the final play of the game? We'll find out. Win or lose, here we go. There's the snap to Bo Levi Mitchell. He scrambles to the right side, loads up, he throws to the end zone, and... I went up, I thought I had the ball in my hands, he had it in his hands too, and I just thought it would be safer to try to knock it out, and we got it out, man, we ended up making the play, and we won the game, so we're happy with it. I knew that it was close enough for him to be able to get it into the end zone. I saw the ball go up and then come down into the crowd, and then I couldn't really see the ball anymore, so then I turned and looked at the big screen, and I saw the ball kind of, you know, in his stomach, and then I would, I, for a second, I thought he caught it, and then I saw the ball trickle out in between his legs and land on the ground, and that was just a, a big sigh of relief. No! Incomplete in the end zone. A mad scramble. Everybody was up in the air looking for the football, and it goes incomplete. Finally, in the Battle of Alberta, a win for the North. 48-42. Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome once again to the Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Uh, Jason, we just heard the finish and some thoughts from Aaron Grimes and from Mike Riley. Grimes right in the middle of it. Riley, like you, on the sidelines watching it. What a finish to the football game. Hard on the heart, I'm guessing. A little too close for comfort, but what a finish to that game. Yeah, it was it was incredible. I mean, it was one of the most exciting games I've ever been a part of up here. and That's saying something for the many years I've been and close games we've been in. Uh, to win a game like that, I think we always say that they all came down to that and provided that excitement. We'd all take it, particularly in a W situation, but none of us like to be that close to comfort. Uh, you know. But at the end of the day, I, I said it before, I had a lot of faith that it was going to get done, just didn't know how, but I knew we'd get it finished. That's, that was in my gut, and as it was happening, that's what I was thinking. Balls in the air. Uh, what are you doing? How are you watching it? Do you turn away? Do you, do you watch no. it right to the end? Describe the moment and, and yeah, what was going I, through I your mean, mind. When I saw him step up, and I knew I knew he'd get the ball off. I didn't know how. I mean, we were, Mondo was two, two inches away from knocking that ball out of his hands before it got out, but I just felt like, you know, Bo's so good at escaping pressure and getting up and getting the ball out. He knows the situation. He had to get that ball to the end zone, and once it blew up, I mean, I looked in the end zone just like everybody else and saw a lot of people in there and figured it'd get knocked down. And when all, everybody went up and I saw, you know, it hadn't gotten knocked down, you know, there was a moment you kind of gasped, but I watched the ball the whole way. And, you know, finally when I saw it hit the ground, I felt pretty good that that was going to be the end of the game. Uh, exciting finish for sure. Exciting game from start to finish. I mean, you guys had a terrific start. The defense forces a two and out. Then you get, I think it was about an 80-yard march for a, a touchdown drive. Probably the best way to come out of the dressing room, uh, and it unfolded for you well. Yeah, no, it was a good start. It was a great start. I mean, I, I you know, you couldn't ask for a better one. Um, you know, the way that game was going to get played out, you know, obviously you could see it right from the beginning. I mean, uh, I think both offenses were firing. The best part, though, for our defense was when they were when the ball was near them in this game, they made it happen. They took the ball away. 
Uh, anytime that ball is on the ground, we got it either back or we got it in our hands. And, you know, that uh, that was what was tremendous. We played very good complimentary football that night. They got a they got a pick. They got a fumble. We put it into touchdown. I think we scored 31 points off of turnovers. And anytime you can do that in the game. They um, uh, they put the ball on the ground in Calgary on Monday, and you weren't able to recover it as often. It was nice to see it still happen. The, the forced turnovers, I mean, that's, a, that's a terrific part of the football game. Seven of them, I believe, was the final total. But you're able to get the ball, which was something you couldn't do on Monday. Yeah, and I mean, that's what we talked about. And I think that's why you saw our players confident coming leaving that, that field. We knew we put them in some very bad spots, and about ten things went perfectly for them to pull that game out. Um, you know, and it just the way the ball bounces at times. You know, we made them put it on the ground a lot. You know, both threw a couple balls that probably should have been picked that weren't. And it seemed like anything that went on the ground from our perspective was in their hands right off the bat. So that tide turned and tables turned on them. And all of a sudden, in this game, we got all those breaks. And, you know, you could say that we needed everything perfectly to line up for, for us to win. And when you have two teams that are you know, have the best records in the league the last three years going head-to-head, toe-to-toe, and they go toe-to-toe, and games come down to the end a lot of the times. You know, that's sometimes the margin of error is very small, and you need bounces to go your way, and I thought we did a good job of capitalizing. Uh, in your time coaching with the Eskimos now, that's uh, three Labor Day rematches, and uh, three of them decided on the final play of the game. Uh, it's been an incredible game over the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, if, if any game's been exciting in, in the course of the two and a half years I've been here, it's been that Labor Day uh, rematch game. It's been tremendous. It's always come down to the wire. Um, you know, you love to be a part of them, and obviously we were finally on the winning edge side of it, so it felt even better. But, I, I mean, I talk about it all the time. I, I, I would prefer every game came down to that, you know, because that means the game was competitive. It was You played a good game. You gave yourself a chance to win in the end, and I can live with that. I think anyone on our team can live with that. But when you win them, I mean, it just feels tremendous. Man, Calgary down by 20 points. you got to give them some credit. Uh, they they don't go quietly, do they? They're, they're a good football team that's never going to lay over. No, and I mean, I, that's what, that's the one sickening part for us is we have the ball driving. You know, we're on the – basically when Mike gets tackled, he's on the 10-yard line first and goal – or first and goal from probably the eight maybe or whatever it was when he fumbles. And Mike doesn't fumble very often. So – you know, at that moment, we probably go up 55 to 28, I believe, or whatever it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you like to think that that's going to be enough, and obviously it would have been. The score would have stood. But when that happened, you know, you kind of got a feeling like, okay, here we go. Better buckle down. And they, I'd give them a ton of credit. They're a championship team for a reason. Uh, they've represented the West for so many years as a top team, and that's why. They don't give up. They they fight back. There's no question. There's a lot of fight in them, and I think that's what makes it makes it a great series. And um, it, it, you know, they're class of the league because of that. And so, and I was proud of that. I mean, I was proud of our guys. You know, proud of the fact that they didn't give up either and fought us to the end. And you know, that's what makes our league special when you have competitors like that in it. Uh, big difference between six and six and seven and five, isn't there? Especially when when you already had lost two in a row and you knew Saskatchewan had already won on Saturday. Uh, in in the big picture for 2018, how important was that win to your football club? Do you think um, we weren't shy about saying it was a big big game that we needed to win? Uh, we felt we could win, uh, no question. Just with Sask, the way they've been playing, that type of games they've been playing too. I mean, they've won four straight, getting a lot of turnovers getting a lot of return touchdowns you know they're starting to feel very good and for reasons so we know we have to keep pace 
and then ultimately winning the season series against uh, Calgary is a big deal because you never know how it's going to turn out at the end of the year. And we only played them twice, and we needed to take care of business. So it at least gives us a chance. If we can keep playing good football down the stretch, you want to be playing your best football the last six games of the year. And we've set ourselves up like that physically and mentally, I think, to be able to do that. Uh, we'll talk about the final six a little bit later on in the show. Let's uh, just touch on a couple of guys who, who I thought on Saturday night had, had pretty impressive impacts. Let's start with uh, Bryant Mitchell, who uh, obviously got the call for Darrell Walker. He did not disappoint. Uh, good numbers, and men, uh, he was so strong. It took several times. It took three or four players just to take him down a couple of times. It took the referee's whistle because they could not get him down. No, he has a tremendous will. He's very physical. He's strong. He's big. He's physical. But he has also a tremendous will to stay up. And I think a lot of times that's what it takes. He's wiry strong. Um, you know, it takes it does take more than one guy generally to bring him down. So, um, you know, I think he's just a fighter, and he's hungry, and he, he wants to prove it every single week. So, um, you know, I thought he had a tremendous game, you know, playing in his first Labor Day or Labor Day rematch as well. And I know I, uh, I talked to you the day before the game about the chance to see him uh, on consecutive nights now, a chance for him to play on a regular basis, which he hasn't really got yet in his career. He's, he's been good every time he's played. He's put the numbers up. But this is going to be a different animal for him now because he's going to be a guy who's going to be in every week and get a chance to really post some good numbers. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be consistent. Consistency is what makes a pro a pro. And, you know, it's one thing to go in there here and there, um, but it's a whole other animal to be available every week, to be consistent every week, dependable every week. But the way Bryant um, approaches the game, practice, meetings, you expect him to, to still be that guy. Vidal Hazelton had four catches for 24 yards and a touchdown. He's been slowly working his way back into the lineup after getting hurt in week one. This was his uh, third game on Saturday night. Uh, uh, his most productive, still not the numbers I think uh, we expect from Vidal Hazelton or are used to. How important can he be down the stretch, especially with Darrell out of the lineup? I think he'll be, he'll be an important cog of what we do. I mean, he you know fought through some things last night and was still able to be available to us. You know, he... Uh, he doesn't understand. I don't think anybody – sometimes players, it's hard for them to understand the impact they have, whether they're catching the ball or not catching the ball or a ball's getting thrown to him or not. But Dell Hazelton, when he runs routes, the way he runs, the way he blocks, the way he does stuff, he affects the play. And the ball doesn't maybe always find him as much as he'd like or, uh, you know, people would like, but he does impact the game just by the how hard he plays, the way he approaches the game, his – energy he brings to the game and to our sidelines you know that's all big big things that he does so you know obviously we'll slowly work him in more to the offense it's hard when you come back from injuries from six weeks uh when you have you know Darrell you have Duke you have Kenny you have a CJ you have guys that are playing every week and getting comfortable in the offense it's hard to work a guy back in at times you know but you know he's done uh he did a great job this week of focusing and and just doing his part and you know I, I try to get across to him and everybody else how important every play is everybody has a role to do and a job to do and there's no small role on any play you got to do your job for it to work and that's what you try to impress upon the guys 
Uh, Mike Riley, three touchdown passes, three touchdowns on the ground. It's the first time that's ever happened with an Eskimo quarterback. And I know Steve Daniels and his crew at the uh, at the league office are doing a deep dive in the stats to see if that's ever happened before in the CFL. Uh, he threw just shy of another 400-yard game. I think it was 397 yards uh, when it was all added up. Uh, just another MOP performance from your MOP. Yeah, he's tremendous. I mean, uh, you you all, you know how I feel about Mike and uh, how great I think he is. And, you know, he gives us a chance to win every single week, and that's what you want out of your quarterback. He's consistent with his daily routine, his work ethic, his time commitment to our organization. He's the consummate pro, and he's physically as gifted as anybody. So when he puts it all together and we give him time and, you know, we everyone does their part, He's doing his part. It's a special thing. And, uh, you know, he, he played tremendous and, uh, like I said, gave us a chance to win that ball game. Uh, he was the MOP last year. The year before, Bo Levi Mitchell was the MOP. Uh, they both put on a pretty good show uh, in this game on Saturday night. Two of the best quarterbacks, maybe the two best quarterbacks in the CFL, going toe-to-toe. Uh, it was it was fun to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, no, no question. I mean, they both played outstanding. Um you know, you don't ever like to see the ball in either one of them hands at the end of a game because you feel like both of them can will their team to victory and, and do enough for them to, to march down the field. And we've been burned by Bo before at the end of the game the last two years on this game. You know, so he's made plays and their team, their offense has made plays that they need to make, you know, at, at the worst possible moments for us. So, you know, you, they're both probably the two best quarterbacks. Or I don't even think... You don't need to say that. You can say they're the two best quarterbacks in the league, and they're probably right on par with one another. I mean, they, they both won great cups. They both won MOPs. They both won a ton of games for the organization. They both play the game differently, but they're both very successful and they're dangerous. And it's fun to play against both, to compete against the best. Um, you know, that's what you want to do. And I think they would say the same about Mike. Uh, I haven't uh, gone back and checked the numbers, but it seems to me uh, Sean White hasn't been as busy as, as years past with the Eskimos. I think that's because you're scoring way more touchdowns. Uh, but, man, he's become so dependable. Uh, 52 yards in the game on Saturday night, third time. Uh, he's hit a 50-plus yard field goal on three attempts this year. Uh, he continues to give you those very important three-pointers when you need them. Yeah, no question. He hasn't been as, as many many field goals this year it's because we're you know i believe we're the number one rated offense in the red zone this year um you know we're we we put some onus on how to do that better and you know we're doing a good job when our offense gets down there we score touchdowns rather than settle for field goals and that's part of the reason we've won seven games so you know i we take a lot of pride in that right now and we're going to keep trying to do that but anytime sean's number has been called this year we all believe he can make it and will make it and he's proved us right many a time and I want to get your take on one guy on the defensive side of the ball. Forrest Hightower uh, started the year injured. Uh, he hasn't got a lot of tackles since he's returned because quarterbacks don't like to throw to his receiver that he's covering. Three interceptions in the five games he's played. He's really been a calming factor back there. Yeah, I mean, he's a pro. I mean, I, I, the best part about Forrest is he understands his role, understands his job, understands the defense. He plays at a high level every time he steps on the field. You know, we'd like to keep him healthy the whole year, but, you know, he's uh, when he's in there and he is healthy and he's playing, well, playing, he's usually playing well. And you're right. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of tackles a lot of times because the ball has to be thrown to your way for for DB generally to make that happen. And teams generally shy away from that. But uh, he has the ability to make a guy pay if they're, they're errant with the ball. And, again, uh, he made it happen again last night. 
It was about a month ago on the show you talked about the penalty situation and how you uh, you had plans to really get it under control and you said it was probably going to be a slow process. Uh, first couple of weeks it was. Last couple of weeks, though, in these two games against Calgary, uh, penalties uh, really, really cut down. Yeah, it's been great. And, I mean, I don't know that it was a slow, slowest process I thought. I mean, you look at our last six games, it's been under nine, I believe, except for one game. Nine or below, which is below what we were. So Mm -hmm. I think we've been trending in the right direction. Obviously, the last two games, if we can continue to do what we've been doing the last two games, it's going to be very tough to beat us. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Moss and Morley. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. Back with Jason Moss for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Uh, Jason, you hit the final third of the season. And I know you, as, as a coaching staff and as a team, you kind of break things up into thirds. Uh, you're seven and five going into the final third, which traditionally on a Jason Moss coach team in Edmonton has been your best third. Uh, do you feel you're in a pretty good spot as you head to your bye week first and then uh, get set for the final third of the year? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think we've had the toughest schedule to date. I mean, we've played 12 games uh, before anybody else did or right with only one other team, you know, having only one bye the first 12. We played two games on short weeks against teams that had bye weeks going across the country. So I think our team needed this bye. And I know down the stretch, we play six games in eight weeks. So that bodes well for for playing good football, um, you know, and, and having just played the type two types of games we did against the best team in the league, I think we're hitting on all cylinders. It's just a matter of us putting it all together, which I believe we did um, on Saturday, and we just want to continue that. And I think we're getting healthy. Our guys are going to start coming back here too. You know, obviously Darrell won't be back for a while, but the rest of the guys will step up. I think our guys are feeling good, ready to work, and uh, get after it the next games. Uh, next game won't be till September 22nd in Ottawa against the Red Blacks. One of two you have to play against Ottawa to finish up. There's also two against Winnipeg. Saskatchewan and BC are in there as well. Two very physical games against Calgary. Uh, there were some injuries on both sides of the ball. Uh, I guess right now for you guys, uh, a well-earned week off, a well-earned bye week to get some rest and recoup a bit. No question. I mean, I think anytime you play your interdivision rival, uh, interprovince rival, I should say, uh, as good as they are, as physical as they are as a group, it takes its toll on you mentally and physically. So this guy couldn't have come at a better time for us. Um, and then obviously winning a game and playing good football really for eight quarters, uh, you know, makes you feel good going into your bye. You know, so, you know, our guys coming back, I think are going to be perked up, ready to go, understanding the stretch run is at hand and the standings have shaped up to put us where we are and where we need to go and shows us where we need to go and what we need to do to do that. So um, I think you're going to have a fired-up group coming back, uh, excited to get back to work. Um, But obviously they're going to take their time to relax, uh, re-energize, refresh themselves, and be ready to go. Uh, Will C.J. Gable, do you expect C.J. Gable back when when you return? And uh, give me your assessment on on Shaq Cooper's performance on Saturday. Yeah, C.J. will be ready. I mean, we could have very easily played C.J. in this game, but he was a little nicked up, and I felt like holding him out would give him 18 days before he played again and hopefully now he's been playing on some stuff that's been hurting him uh, I felt like if you give him 18 days he'll have all that stuff gone and maybe now we can keep him healthy for six straight games going into the playoffs you know that's the plan so at the end of the day uh, I think he'll be available for us uh, no question and then you know obviously Shaq 
you know, if we can try to keep him on, we'll keep him on. I think he's still dynamic. He still gives us a different element back there than CJ does. Um, I thought he played well. Um, you know, there's always going to be learning for him, hitting holes differently, seeing different things. There's always something you learn every week you play, um, particularly a different opponent and how they play the game. So um, I thought he was good. I thought he was effective, uh, you know, and did his job. So, But I'm sure when we look at the film, there will be things he could have done better, like everybody will say. Uh, you got any plans for the bye week? Does the coach get any time off? Yeah, I'm going to head up north and do a little elk hunting with my uncle and, uh, you know, and a good friend of mine that lives up in Valley View. So, you know, we're going to have uh, four or five days up there together, and it's always great to, to hang out with my uncle. I love the guy and enjoy spending time with him. So, you know, we're going to go out there and hopefully harvest an animal and get some meat on the table. Excellent. Good stuff. Uh, Jason, I uh, appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your bye week. And you guys are probably back to practice, I assume, next Monday, right? I believe so, yeah. All right, I so look that far ahead. <laughs> all right, we will uh, we will talk next Monday night then on the coach's show and uh, see how everybody is getting back from the bye week. Jason, thanks for your time tonight. Uh, enjoy your bye week, and we'll talk to you in a week. Sounds great. Thank you, Marley. Don't forget, the Eskimos next game will come your way uh, Saturday, September 22nd. They'll be in Ottawa to play the Redbacks. We, of course, will have it here for you on 6.30. Chad, the voice of the Edmonton Eskimos, first of two against Ottawa. Man, six games left in the season already. Man, it's getting dicey out there, isn't it? It is so close in the CFL West Division. Calgary with nine wins. The Eskimos and Riders both with seven wins. And Winnipeg trying to get it back on track along with the BC Lions. It's going to be a great finish to the CFL season. We'll see you one week from tonight when we'll have Jason back in studio for the Eskimos Coaches Show for Michener Allen Auctioneering. My name's Morley Scott. Enjoy a stress-free week with no game to worry about from the Eskimos. I'll talk to you later. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show on 630 Chet. 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chet.